All right, check one, check two. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee Hour. With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming back for another episode. We're in the 200s. I think this is 219. Oh shit, and we got a great guest, a dope guest. He has a special out called Lucky Lefty, uh, touring stand-up comedian, written on SNL, just a cool dude. Please give it up for Nimesh Patel, everybody. Nimesh Patel. We did it, we did it. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here, my man. Yes, sir. To the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Uh, you, you already had your coffee, right? I already had my cannabis, too. You already had it. <laughs> we got here, we're at uh, Alta. This is a cannabis shop right here in Williamsburg. We're on Graham Avenue. This is like, what would you say? Dead center, Brooklyn. Dead center. This is where iced coffee was born, right down here. <laughs> TV on the radio, lived up the street. This is uh, Hipsterville galore. But they got a great cannabis shop. Check out Alta. This is more of a uh, subscription-based club. They have DJs and shit, and they've been cool enough to give us space and cannabis. Uh, you had a hit of this joint. Where are you at with cannabis these days, Namesh? Uh, I'm trying to cut down on smoking in general. Check. Uh, I just know that my lungs are no longer you know, 25. <laughs> I can yeah. just, every morning I wake up, I'm like, why am I so wheezy? And then I'm like, oh yeah, I smoked weed last night. Uh, I, I still, fuck with edibles but uh in general it's probably like once a week now uh unless i'm Perfect. around uh mookie in which case you know it's like three <laughs> four times a weekend <laughs> yo shout out mookie thompson who's directed a, a bunch of my stuff i did a short film series and he also just finished directing nimesh's uh special which is on youtube yes sir that they uh got the sickest cameras i know and then he was at where was it? Williams Musical? Mus Music Hall of Williamsburg. Shout out to Music Hall of Williamsburg. They have great shows there. That's a cool spot with dope bands. Yes. And you guys sold, did you, did you sell it out that night? We sold out two shows. Yeah, it was, uh, uh, we tried to pack as many people in there as possible. I, we debated doing standing room only, but that would have been too many unknowns <laughs> uh, variable wise. But uh, yeah, no, it was a fun, fun spot. It reminded me of Matchless. Uh, the uh, show used to run with Che and Denny out in uh, Greenpoint. That's when I first started hanging with Nimesh. They had this show on Mondays, Matchless, but it was Michael Che from SNL and then uh, this other cat, Danny, that was dope that would host it. Michael and Dennis. Yeah. <laughs> Mike Denny. Mike Denny, who's actually making beats for Griselda is what I heard on the street yes. these days. But I don't know if it's true. I, I hear shit. Oh, it's true. Yeah, I, yeah, I could see him in there. Yeah. He hasn't popped up since the pandemic. It's good to see you. I haven't hung out with you since the pandemic. It's been a long time, you know? Uh, yeah. You haven't changed at all. <laughs> <laughs> Cannabis is keeping you young looking, it feels like. Yeah, that's the, my move is uh, I stopped drinking like booze like at 25, mm -hmm. started going into cannabis. I started performing stand-up at 27. What made you stop smoking weed? I mean, uh, sm drinking. Drinking was the hangovers. Uh -huh. It was the hangovers and uh, my mood. My mood, I would get depressed and kind of bummed out and lethargic. Whereas, that's what alcohol would do to you? Yeah, that's while, what I, While you were drunk? 
the next day. Mm, okay. No, the, the, I was a fun drunk. I had a blast in college. I had a blast. <laughs> I had a blast all my young 20s. I didn't start doing stand-up until I was 27. I raised hell and did all of it, but almost to a point where, yeah, I just know the scenario. I just know how it's all played out. Uh-huh. And being creative, cannabis was the better tool. Like, I used it as a tool. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah for sure. To ditch from, like, these dudes opened up shop, they were out drinking. <laughs> like, I always used it as a way to get away from drinking. Like, all yeah. my, I hung out with great dudes and great girls. We had a great group of friends. But I think right around that early 20s and mid-20s, Coke starts coming around. Uh-huh. Late night partying comes around. And my body and mind just weren't going with it. So I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, and then I moved to California. I was like, yo, this weed is the best out here. Weed is definitely a creative tool, for sure. But it can burn you out. Like, I do want to be uh, honest with this podcast, and I like what you're saying. Uh, most people I know that are my age that were hardcore smokers are doing edibles mostly now, yeah. like, for the long run. And a lot for sleep. Mm. I think sleep is, do you use it for sleep? No, I, it ma- does make me sleepy, but uh, if, I, if I use weed for sleep, I don't have the good best night of sleep. But, so That's true. You know. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a wild weed journey from I used to be so square in high school and college. I'm still kind of square now, but uh, I thought weed was like the devil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, it's gonna fucking ruin your life. And uh, remember when I was 16 or something, my cousin like hotboxed. Uh, my cousin was older than me, and him and his friends like smoked weed and shit. But uh, I was at his house one summer, and then his boys are gonna pick him up, and I didn't suspect that uh they were gonna hotbox the car and it's not like a there's a Toyota Corolla with like six of us in it so it was fucking packed and I had no like breathing room they were hotbox the shit out of it oh shit what year was this 90 no it was 2000 it had to be like 2002 probably 2002, I was, I was, yes early 2003 aughts. yeah like I was a junior or sophomore or junior in high school gotcha they hotboxed the fuck out of this car and they went to Costco so I was high, well, my first time being high was in Costco and like I was like I don't feel weed and they were like you were giggling like a little schoolgirl, like, <laughs> like singing fucking I forget what was a hot song at the time uh oh it was a not hot but it was popular it was the fray not the fray it was a uh, Stop and stare by what was that fucking stop, uh, stop and stare like we were just crooning that in the car for some reason it feels national-ish. Yeah. I don't know who no, the fuck it was. Okay. They're not around anymore, I don't think, but that was my first time being high, and even that felt like, this is like, like I don't like this feeling of not being in control. I'm giving like an idiot. And in high college, I, I was the same way. I think my junior, senior year, I got high as fuck for the first time ever. I was like, oh, I've been missing out on life. But, you know, at those times, I would be drinking and smoking, so, like, I couldn't really distinguish what was causing what I was just fucked up right right uh and fast forward to now like I think I started smoking there was a point where uh in like 2000 I would say 14 or 15 I was my girlfriend at the time now my wife she like went on vacation with her sister and that summer, I smoked nothing but keef out of a bowl for like a month. And I was like, <laughs> I've done that too. I had no feelings afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. I was like, this is not, you're not supposed to be living life like this. Right. And uh, then I was like, am I addicted? And so then I stopped for a year straight, like nothing. I didn't smoke anything. I didn't 
any have had edibles at the Oscars. Name drop. But like, but like, because the mesh wrote for the Oscars for Chris Rock in 2016. 2016. Uh, not this latest fiasco, but uh, uh, outside of that, I was like, okay, I, I it was I wasn't getting anything from it except like giggling and laughing, saying dumb shit. Right. I wasn't using it creatively. I was just kind of using it as an escape. Because at the time, if I look back at it, it was right around the time I was super stressed because my job was ending, my day job was ending. Yeah. And like. It was like six month countdown into the job ending, and I was like, what "The fuck am I gonna do? Like, I'm not a touring comic or anything like that." And so I realized I was using it wrong, and uh, so then I quit and I started my relationship with weed again in like 2016, 2017, and then uh, I found myself using it a lot when I was super stressed, and so that's what made me realize I probably shouldn't be smoking it as much because. Right. I was using it as not using it correctly. And now as, as I've progressed, like I use it creatively. Right. Or if I'm like going to be on a podcast about weed, I'll sm- I can't, I want to be authentic, you know? Yeah. Uh, but outside of that, like my, I'm trying to wean myself off of anything I find net negative or neg- in health, what health negative, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a low frequency. Like you want to go for higher frequencies. Uh-huh. And sometimes either it's drugs or caffeine, pornography, all this shit like can bring your porn. vibe. <laughs> it can bring your vibe up or it can bring your vibe down. You can be addicted to porn. <laughs> That's why uh, I got a privacy screen on my phone. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There what people don't know about my addictions. <laughs> Everybody's got to, like my whole thing is every, you got to have at least, if you go viceless, completely viceless. You're you a psychopath. Yeah, then, I mean, But I do, the more I'm learning about meditation and I'm do learning that your true self is between the words. And Mm -hmm. if you can get to a point, and that's why I loved how honest you were with this conversation that you just had, because I've been trying to move it uh, a little bit forward and be honest with myself, with my smoking and Mm -hmm. everything. Um, And yeah, it's not really the best to do it when you're stressed out. No. But it's also as a guy on the road, to as and especially as you get older in your 30s and your 40s your body starts your knees start to ache all this stuff into yeah. sleep like i use it then uh-huh. like i kind of use it as like almost a life solve yeah you know? and like a, rub on the bones a little bit do you to use get a, going. the the lotions and shit the you know, mostly just smoke a joint oh, and then okay. visualize it uh-huh. uh, well i think like you know, bring up the road. There was a mo- there was a point earlier in in Mar- end of March, beginning of April. Like um, we had just shot the special, and you know I had still had like a month's worth of touring left before I could take this break that I'm on now. And I was just like tense about what I was going to talk about. I had nothing to talk. I had no new ideas. You know, I've been saying the same shit for a year. When you make a special, like, you have to iterate on what... You don't have to, but Yeah, I you iterated. are super prolific. This is your third special, and your TikTok is over a million. Thank you. You're yeah. always clipping it up, and it looks awesome. You're always writing. I'm trying. You know, it's like, uh, I really don't know what else there is to do at the moment, just like tour-wise, you know? And uh, I do enjoy the freedom that it allows. But, you know, when I, at the end of the month, after shooting the special, we were super, I was like relieved that it was done, but then we had the hour of, then we had the, you know, there's like three things you film, right? There's what you wrote, what you shot, and what you edited. And so like that last part was still done. And uh, uh, what's it called? Like 
I was still on the road trying to figure out what the fuck I was going to talk about. And like, I had not smoked for like two or three weeks. Cause I, again, like I caught myself like smoking a lot. My lungs were kind of feeling a little. Yep. And then, uh, gotta listen to yourself. I was in Palm beach and, uh, my friend Ed Larson was with me and like, he had some weed on him and, uh, we smoked and I was like, Oh yeah. Like, like it does help. Like if you're tense about something, it will like, Untense you. Yeah. And like, I was just tense about not having anything to talk about, not like, not being, not writing or anything, having writer's block effectively. Yeah. And then once I smoked, I was like, oh, this is what I was missing. Like, I like to get high and pace around my hotel room and bullshit. But mm-hmm. I hadn't done that for a long time because, like, I don't want to smoke until the special. Like, just keep my head clear. And, and, uh, uh, once I did that, I was like, oh, yeah, it's very helpful in like those kind of situations. Yeah, it's not all that, like, it can go either or. Like, a lot of it's with your mind, but I will say some of my more positive vibes and positive thoughts have been when I'm hot, you know, smoking cannabis. Mm-hmm. There is, like, an idea even in Rastafariism is, uh, is just if you're positive, if your heart is clear, then it's time to smoke cannabis. Like, uh-huh. if you're not doing it for, like, just hiding out, like you said, or, you know, when you're stressed out, you're kind of doing it as a celebration and opening up and you know that's and uh kind of being social with it i i I found that uh i can't smoke in social situations at all i can't like i can have like a hit but like if there's like a a party going on or something like that i can't smoke a lot because otherwise i get super like caught up in how i'm speaking i get not paranoid just like very self-conscious about everything i'm doing if i smoke too much i'm like uh, if you see, if I'm, we're out at a party and I leave after smoking, it's because I'm fucked up. I'm like, I can't talk to anybody. Yeah, else. usually I leave, but I always love smoking. And if it's a lot of stoners there, I can deal. I don't know. I just been dealing with it for so long. I think people are just much better smokers than I am. Yeah, yeah. Uh, especially because I'm, unless I'm around family, I'm like conscious of knowing that I'm quote unquote a comedian. So it's like, uh, and I'm like high as fuck and everyone else is high as fuck. Like I feel like the subconscious burden to like carry some conversation. Like com- comedy in a conversation. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah. No, you just said that to me and I'm probably, for the audience, yeah, being a comedian, there's this weird, one of the bummers is, is that people want you to be funny all the time, even when you're out and about. So when you go to like Easter parties or, or family events or, or whatever you go to, uh, you know, anything, everybody kind of hits you up to be funny or the focus of the uh, attention, which is not what I ever wanted. No. <laughs> which is, you know, it's always good for a party situation. You want to be the person that's not known. You kind of want to lay back in the cup. Yeah, and observe and uh, maybe it's, get into something. Yeah, it's like the irony of comedy, you know? It's like, yeah. we're, like we're so desperate on stage, but then once we're off, it's like, I don't want to talk to nobody. Leave me alone. Yeah. Like I was at the Knicks game, like a Knicks game forever ago, like uh, 2012 or something. I remember we had decent seats. It was me and Che, and uh, uh, we were sitting right by the tunnel where the players exit. And you know they had cameras like tracking people, the players and stuff. And uh, the entire like. Everyone in our section like got like mad amped and tried to hop on camera and stuff. And me and Cher were just like, it's like it's like the irony of like our whole existence is to be in front of camera, but like 
we don't want it when it's there, you know? Yeah, it's work. You know, right now I'm working. I'm, uh, thank you for coming out and doing this. And you just said that. Not to, I mean, I know he's not dropping a name, but it is going to uh, I, the Knicks, the basketball uh, uh, squad in New York City with Michael Che. You're getting good seats. No, this was this was this was before he was Che. This is. Oh, like, really? You guys were hardcore Knicks fans that you guys scored my, tickets no, from a buddy, no, shook somebody down. No, 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 the the job that I had, they had. Yeah. The company had tickets. The company, yeah, that's what I'm so, talking so about. They just, yeah, they there's just always a shakedown. They yeah. just gave us like I just I was like my I put you put you, there's only like 20 people at the company and right. the, it was a hedge fund and like the owners of the hedge fund had like tons of money so they had season tickets. Right. In like very good seats and like if Take they couldn't the go. out, you smoke some weed, you do some coke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, the, that's not what they were doing. Yeah, yeah, the, exactly. uh, it was just they were just like uh, uh, we just put your name in a hat and whoever gets the if you can go you you go. And right. so I won that day. It was Knicks versus the Bulls. Derrick Rose was like oh, shit. peak form. Um, but it just so happened that we were there and like, you know, they were tracking. I, I forget who was. They were tracking, uh, exiting the, the game. But everyone was like trying to hop on camera. And me and Mike are just like, and Mike pointed out the irony of it all. But, uh, <laughs> but so, I've never been to a Knicks game, so I'm just tripping. Been, yeah, oh, I've never been. And I've been to the Nets. In D.C., I grew up seeing the Bullets. Like, I love going. And I'm not really a sports dude, mm -hmm. but basketball, I do, and I have seen it live. Even I'll watch high school if I'm hanging out with somebody or, like, with my brothers who jock. You know, uh -huh. he just loves basketball and hoops and shit. Basketball, watching basketball high the other night, Lakers, Grizzlies. Oh, it's the best. Game six. Uh, was it game six or game five? Where so it's the finals right now? It's the playoffs. It's the playoffs, yeah. It was, it was the first round of the Western Conference. The Lakers played the Grizzlies, um, and uh, the Grizzlies blew them out. Lakers won, go Lakers, but uh, there was they were blowing them out, and the, but the Grizzlies were playing, in, and I was high out of my mind. I took and an where's F the Grizzlies from again? Memphis. Memphis. Oh, uh, that's a good, I would check them out. Yeah. They're, they're great. Uh, they're a fun team to watch, but I was high as fuck off an edible, and like it was, like the edible was like at its max feeling yeah. when the the Grizzlies were blowing the Lakers out, and I got this vibe that the Grizzlies were just like in crazy sync, and it was like it was like a cathartic high experience when like like it just kept going like they were <laughs> like i was like basketball high is the greatest fucking thing ever if you're Dude. watching good basketball when you're high it's insane and they're running plays yeah when oh they're running God. plays and, and running, the, running the game like, the hitting. way it's supposed to run Ooh. yeah it's it's a magical dance uh it's sick did you play basketball growing up i played basketball poorly growing up with uh, my cousins and stuff uh never like at a high school level. But I went mean, hard in the, in the backyard. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just went hard oh, for yeah, hours. Yeah. I, was, yeah. I was tripping people and hitting <laughs> people in the nuts well before it was du jour. Did you ever smoke weed? People used to love smoking weed. Guys I knew liked to smoke weed and play that basketball. No, I mean, again, like high school, college, I never touched the stuff. Uh, it would have been interesting. Yeah. For a second. Yeah. Yeah, it's about to. Uh, yeah, have you ever been high at the Knicks game? That's what I was tripping out. Like, I see a lot of comedians going to these games on uh -huh. pool tickets and stuff. I'm sure I, I have been high at the Knicks at a Knicks game uh, on, when I've had good seats. Yeah. Um, like, I've, I've been fortunate enough to sit on the floor and, like, a courtside and stuff, and it's always just been, like, 
if you're high, like it kind of, uh, I don't know if it makes it go away, the adrenaline of it all, sure. Um, but they are like, it is, a, it is a very crazy high experience seeing the largest people on the planet. Like, I don't think TV does no, athletes any, any, any uh, uh, gives them any fairness, but like basketball players are the biggest play. Like, there's, <laughs> you don't know, you don't know what 6'7, 280 is until you're like, oh shit, that's what LeBron, 6'8, 280. And like, running and jumping full speed. I'm trying to dunk right now, you know, mm-hmm. I'm six. Six oh. one on a good day, thirty seven years old. Yep, yep, yep. The and knees. it's fucking impossible. Yeah. <laughs> like we've just done basic. My trainer is just giving me basic like knee exercises, and every day I'm like, I, I can't walk for, like two days afterwards. Um, so like I just have, I have very like regularly have crazy admiration for like the athleticism of NBA players. But when I'm high, I'm just like. They're so big and so fast, and it's it's just poetry to me. Yeah, it's it's like awe. You're in awe of yeah. it all. It's like seeing a huge waterfall or something. You're just like, holy shit! Like that's they're what going the- that fast, and they're going hockey. The same thing. Like when people are going, sports are dope, and I'm not a jock <laughs> in any way. Sports are sick, dude. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, it's just like the more we're going online, the more being an active lifestyle is healthy mm-hmm. so uh yeah is, uh, my question is any 37 year olds in the nba right now can dunk or dunking like on a nightly basis lebron james is 38 and is still remains probably the, the best basketball player on the planet right now holy shit you know steph curry is 35 and put up 50 points the other night Just <laughs> like game seven 50 points greatest performance in a game seven ever the human body is amazing. Yes. You just got to treat it right. And, uh, you know, I think all those guys smoke. Not all of them. I can't say they all smoke weed. They, but I'd say a lot of professional athletes lean on cannabis, especially uh-huh. probably post-career. I think, uh, I mean, yeah, sure. There's, I mean, a few players have started weed farms um, and are getting into the uh, weed space. I think uh, the NBA just lifted weed as a a banned substance or whatever like because they they recognize that all the it's all these athletes use it to recover or for their own wellness or whatever and now it's jobs like this space that we're here at alta shout out alta like it's just like people are owning weed you know companies and people are running farm jim belushi has a jump farm really yeah he has a farm out there uh all these uh all these guys do uh but with, is there any uh, weed material in your new special? Is there any weed material in my new special? Loosely, very you loosely. You talk about talking to eating the edible, don't you? Well, no, it was, uh, and this is a true thing. So when I got diagnosed uh, with cancer, I was like, okay, so I did some research. There's this hormone that makes your, that gets elevated if you have cancer, it's HCG. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was like, okay, what else can elevate this? Like, how do I make sure that this is not a false positive? I did a little digging and I read this article that says this hormone that's elevated if you have cancer is also elevated. If you might also get elevated if you smoke a lot of weed. And uh, the Friday, bef- the Friday, the Friday before I had my blood work done, I was out with my boys. It was like my birthday weekend, and I was like, I took a bong. I was at my friend's place and took just a straight huge bong hit. 
and I was fucked up. And then the next day I had to go get blood work. And so like, I was part of me when I read the article was like, oh shit, is this because I just smoke so much weed that my, I have HCG like elevated, like, or is it because I actually have testicular cancer? And then I called my doctor and he was like, you're an idiot. <laughs> weed has no impact on HCG. It's, it's like whatever you read is like been debunked like 20 years ago. And then I read it's like, like not high times.com, you know, just some <laughs> bullshit. And, but, and then the ho- there was, I found a Hopkins study. on all that stuff, man. Yeah, cancer's tricky. And um, you're so brave, dude. Even talking to Nimesh, thank you for your time. We'll bring on Mookie. You're special. I just wanted to go lucky lefty. He talks about testicular cancer in a really funny way. Thank you. Uh, dude, the clips are amazing. It's shot beautifully. Uh, and how honest you are. Uh, is it's brave. Oh, thank you, man. Uh, I am a hero, everybody. Make sure you guys know. <laughs> no, but I just really had, like, when I started the tour out last February, and, you know, I say this in the special, but, like, I literally had nothing to talk about. And, like, it was, it was weighing on me a lot. Yeah. Because I'd done, I'd, I'd taken... Uh, this was after your third special? After... after Thank you, China, which was shot in December of 2021. I had a month in January where I had to go to the cities that I hadn't been to. And then I was taking a, a, a two week break before I went back out on the road and like started going back to those same cities. And like, I literally had no material. And I was like, and like, you, if you know anything about stand up, like it's hard to go back to the same city that you were just at and do the same hour. Yeah, that's like I, I like I know people do it and yeah, I get yeah, it. Yeah, I understand no. it. But no, it no, really no. was something I didn't want to do. Not in the new age of the Internet and how wise everybody's going with podcasting and absorbing content now. Yeah. Like it's just a different ball game. And you write like I kind of play the middle of it. I like to keep like seven gems around uh-huh. that I ha- and I haven't put in many specials around. But I yeah, you still got to go new. Like yeah. there just comes a point where your body and your mind's like, this is some weird old suit that I'm wearing and I gotta go like yeah. push it because it's in that time and place. And that's what I was saying, like, yeah, that's the best stand up is in the moment. And yeah, you had to address, you had to, you took a curveball, my man. Yes, I did. You took a wild curveball and you kept your head about it. I never, you know, I, I never knew you were going through this all because it was all during the pandemic and all this. It was uh, it was last year, but it was. Uh, and you kept it kind of low. Well, I because I, I knew I was going to be talking about it on stage. Yeah. And it's also like, who the fuck is going around telling people they got cancer? Hey, I got cancer. Like, I, I didn't want to. A, I was like almost mildly embarrassed that it had happened, uh, but more just like I knew I was going to be talking about it on stage, so I didn't want to start doing bits to people when I'm talking to them about shit. You know, it was just like... It's so funny, man. You are a professional that way. You knew you could... Yeah. It was... It was. I mean, it was supposed... Like, I called Mookie, like, two days after uh, surgery, and I told him what happened in terms of, uh, like, the, there's a bit in the special about getting my ball shaved, and he, he died of laughter. <laughs> and I was like, all right, yeah, this... This is like going to be a special thing that just happened, you know. I got molested by a Filipino guy. 
got prepped for the porn, my man. Yes, I did. You got prepped for the Filipino porn. <laughs> uh, yeah, Mookie is the best. Let's bring him in. My buddy, one of my favorite dudes in comedy, a guy I've worked with on short films, and he's done the podcast. He's a friend of the podcast. Give it up for Mookie oh, Thompson, wow. everybody. The director. What's up, guys? <laughs> He's not very good with shot selection. The, yeah, the yeah. whole shot, the whole special so, shot how's from that behind. Shot looking, Yanni. We're good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Mookie, so you directed this special. That's right. And what does that job entail? Um, Yelling at me. Yeah, <laughs> mostly teaching him how, how to say words like birthday and sister. Yes, failed miserably. Yeah, that was weeks of, of effort, tongue twisters, a lot of uh, dancing. Dancing and singing drills. He's not lying. You have to go through. <laughs> <laughs> I, will, I will wake up every morning and like yell uh, dead wrong by Biggie Smalls at my computer screen. And my wife would be like, what the fuck are you doing? I'm like, relax and take notes. <laughs> uh, months of wardrobe fittings. And, yeah. Uh, makeup and hair. It's just, uh, yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. Especially Shit. when you're dealing with, you want to make someone like him look presentable on camera. That could take teams of people, multiple teams. <laughs> I heard you got the best cameras in the business, man. Yeah, we got one of each. Uh, <laughs> one of each of the best cameras. <laughs> Listen, man. <laughs> you got two shots. You got yeah. two shots. You got that shot. That's right. And, uh, and stand up, I did see it. Dude, this shot beautifully, and it's lit beautifully. It looks awesome. It I is, love the hard it, line mic. It's aesthetically, I think, one of the best specials. Uh, just, it just looks fucking insane. It's, yeah. It's a testament to what can happen if you try just a little harder. Right? <laughs> yes. It's a lot like Nimesh's style. Like, it, it's definitely, like, no apologies, just, like, straight up mic. Because even going, throwing back to Matchless back in the day, like we used to do this show over here on Mondays, and you guys would go up there, because I would always try to kill, but you guys wouldn't always kill. You guys would just go up there and just like... <laughs> That's a nice way to say it. We'd be bombing. There was not bombing going kill. down, but in the cool way. Like, I, I don't know, you guys, you and <laughs> Shay both developed your act there. Yes, for sure. I, it, and then I was like, oh, these guys are smart. They're fucking looking at this as a place to write material mm-hmm. every week. And they really don't care how the crowd reacts. And I just think, that, you, you know, I, I wasn't trying to rag on you. Let me stop you right there. I cared deeply. I just didn't show it or tried not to show it at all. <laughs> if you saw me sweating, that was me caring. <laughs> every bead of sweat was me like, man. Why don't these people like me? <laughs> <laughs> Tell a joke! <laughs> Try that. Shut up, Becky! <laughs> it oh, was... that room would go quiet. That oh. room you could never oh, yeah. tell. It was a wild west. Like, I would go up there and have literally, like, the best set of my life doing the most half-assed material. And then I would go in there, try to kill, and bomb like I'd mm-hmm. never, like, I couldn't, it was always they a could, They could back. smell it. Yeah, and that was it. If you tried, the whole room turned on you immediately. Yeah. Everybody could tell. It was be, just, be real, man. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, we all suck. Just suck. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's really what it was. That yeah. was the vibe. Yeah. That was the vibe, which is good and bad, you yeah. know. Man. But it was what it was. That, that show made me too comfortable with bombing. Like, just too much, like, oh, yeah. 
Okay. Yeah, you learn that shit quick on the road when you start doing it for real money. Mm. Like, yeah, they don't want you bombing too long. No, no. <laughs> Thankfully, that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, no, you guys have had successful tours, and Mookie, you went out with them, right? Like, for the last year before this, like, special. Uh, you guys two were years. For, them for a minute. I did, like, a huge tour with them right after, like, shit opened up from lockdown, and then this tour, I wasn't on all of it, but... I saw so much of it the over the years that I, yeah, I knew everything. But that, that was so probably the most important. I probably have like one or two words in almost every bit. <laughs> That's probably... Uh, Mookie I mean, the tags and jokes. It's, most it's one of the most important things in, in terms of special work is I don't think I'd ever do a special again with someone who hadn't seen the set from beginning to end like, like at least like a billion times. Yeah. Like he's he I me mean, he saw it a trillion times. He was there again, like I said, I was like on the phone with him two days after the the surgery and he was dying of loud. I was like, Okay, this is I got it. and I knew it was gonna be something that I was gonna have to iterate a billion times, you know, and turn into a special. So it's important to have that from the jump. Yeah, man. Yeah, if you could direct a comedy special like throughout its entire development, that's it gives you a huge advantage, you mm -hmm. know, or like you're going to get a lot more out of it than somebody who comes in to a finished product and just decides, okay, I'm just going to start directing this, right? <laughs> yeah, so I like, think we just took a different approach to directing in the sense, I mean, because like there is the one argument of someone's coming in, applying their visual aesthetic and like their ability to control uh, shots and, and their idea of what a special should look like. Then there's the other approach, which is almost like Daniel Day-Lewis-ish of like being in it from the fucking jump. Like, this is, the, this is it. I wrote this, I created, I'm going to fucking be this thing. And that's like, that's what Mookie did. And also the idea of just what he's saying is developing the look of it and everything. Mm -hmm. uh, just basing that all on the material and the comic from the ground up, which is something that seems to almost never be done in, in modern specials where they're always just trying to make something look aesthetically pleasing in a commercial way and that's literally where it ends. It's like there's no real thought put into this. Like this, if we had him coming out on stage with colorful lights going back and forth and fucking big band music and then he's like, I had cancer, that would be ridiculous. <laughs> you know what I mean? It would be funny. He's got a leather suit on. And, yeah, yeah, and you're tossing the dice on that one. It's like just a, as a public service announcement to all comedians, just stop trying to dress cool in special. <laughs> because you are failing miserably every time, bro. Just literally just wear your clothes and you're good. I mean, uh, that's probably not much better, honestly. But <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing is when you try Luka came out here to talk shit. Like, that's why we put him in, in black pants and a black shirt. And, you know, there was a lot of debate over exactly how to do it, but we always knew that it was going to be uh, less is more with everything. And, like, the, the outfit is like, there's nothing to look at but his stupid face telling the jokes. Yeah, you know the lights I mean? are really simple in the background. You hear the jokes. I love the hard line mic. What, my overview note to that, like, because you were with it from the ground up. Notes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got notes. <laughs> is, uh, it does take more of a film vibe. The right. special has more of a filmmaking That was vibe. on purpose, too. Yeah, yeah and then, purpose. you know, Mookie just did some short films. I've worked with Mookie on short films, and he's great to work with uh, doing audio and visual stuff. 
<laughs> not woodworking or anything, but you know. <laughs> Inside joke alert. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I, I, I guess that's what I think it's dope, man, is uh, you got that kind of film aesthetic to it because it's yeah. like played out, you know, laid out. And I think that's another thing that's kind of lost on a lot of people making comedy specials is that you're literally making a film. And like, uh, there's like simple tenants of filmmaking that are not even considered in the process of making a special. Like, how are we going to light this based on how we want people to feel while they're watching it? You know what I mean? Simple thing. What kind of lenses are we going to use to create the aesthetic that we want? Is that like, we, <laughs> this is going to be some shits off again, but we interviewed with production companies to make the special and I asked one guy, what kind of cameras do you use? And he just said HD. And that was the, the, the beginning and the end of his answer, you know what I mean? And it's yeah. like, then we, we went, ended up going somewhere else where they really cared a lot more about the specific aesthetics of what camera and what lens is going to get you for each shot and this and that. And then, you know, that's, a, that's uh, just filmmaking stuff that is normal when you're making anything else that doesn't go into specials. Mm -hmm. And I don't have much of a, an eye for stuff. <laughs> uh, and, like, I, was just, I, I know my skill set. And it's not like, oh, this is what I want to feel when I'm watching this thing. It's more just like I'm such a basic bitch when it comes to, like, my favorite movie is Bad Boys 2. <laughs> Raised me a long time. <laughs> like, just no, a, uh, no, you're a joke machine. Yeah, but, you're just out there writing jokes, man. So, I get it. So when it came to um, achieving the aesthetic this time and uh, uh, the feel of it all, I relayed that. I, I didn't... I relayed that a lot more effectively this time than I did on previous work. Uh, but I also knew that of, of the people that I know that know movies, like this is the guy. Oh, yeah. You know? Uh, and so that was like the decision that went into it, and he knew the material, obviously. So. Totally. Uh, I think we achieved a very uh, uh, aesthetically, like, damn near flawless. Uh, I'm sure Mookie, you know, was very mad that I I didn't have more money for him to. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, man. With a hologram Tupac. Yeah. A floating ball of my ball. You know? yeah. <laughs> I wanted him to ascend to the ceiling at the end. <laughs> yeah, <you> know, <laughs> instead, I just went up the stairs into some like white light, you know. <laughs> but uh, uh, for what we had, I think we, we made a lot out of it. Nice. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's great. And if you want one, all you need is about a uh, hundred grand. <laughs> For him. Yeah. And one then, uh, right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a couple ounces of weed and uh, a Chipotle <laughs> bar. Yeah. And we'll do you up. We'll do you right up. But uh, I appreciate you fellas being on, being on the podcast. We can wrap it up, right? What do you think, Donnie? We're about probably 40 minutes or so. Yep. Uh, Nimesh, tell the good people where to see your special. YouTube, Lucky Lefty, or I lost my right nut and all I got was this stupid special. <laughs> That's a full title. Yeah. <laughs> when, the, when it wins a Grammy, they're going to have to say that. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Um, uh, Mookie, you want to plug anything, my man? No. Nimesh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, thank you. Uh, enjoy some weed. We have some Henry pre-rolls. Thank you, Alta. These are great. Uh, I love these pre-rolls. If you can ever come around with these, uh, that's the good. Uh, coffee's from Moot and Buzz Buzz. Right in the street. Right around the corner. Yeah, I want to give them a plug. And uh, yeah, that's it, guys.
right, so get out of here. We're staying. <laughs> Peace and love.